You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Lust for Life with Mad Dog Mattern. All right, my people. This is, look, there's a lot of preamble going on here. <laughs> We're getting it going here. This Am I gonna supposed be... to shut up to y'all finish? Or yeah, but I'm, I'm, you're going to pipe it, Dante. Nah, nah, what am I, I going to do? I'll shut up if you want me to shut up. We're gonna, just going to have fun. This is no... All right, go ahead. That is our guest coming up. But let's introduce everyone. This is Lust for Life, my people. It is an honor to be here, the show, celebrating, being who you are, the left of the dial. We are also, in case you heard this rumor or not, America's number one podcast as voted on by Canadians. That's how the fuck it goes. Still going strong. Manitoba, you, you carried us, baby. Yeah, Thank those, you. Those votes. I'm looking dead in the eye on my right hand. Y'all might have heard about this guy, too. His name is Benji Suswan. He's also known as Ace Sweet 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 Wine. That's what his goddamn name is. He don't even like it, but he's fucking got it. Ace Sweet I'm Wine. I'm saying it hasn't caught on. It's catching on all over the place, Okay. People, it's going to become like Hulkamania. Hulkamania wasn't overnight. When he was, when he was in Mid South, no one gave a shit about him. Mm-hmm. He gets okay. to WWWF. I'm not going anywhere. I'll wait. I'm sitting here for it to catch. Wait till you beat the Iron Sheik. It's <laughs> going to change that's, everything. That's what I need to do. The name sucks. What a sweet. Jesus, How about Dante. It's, triple sweet. It's just. It's got to be these sweets. You got to be short. It's too long. Triple sweet. But the way I sell it, Dante. Watch this again. Yeah, Ace, but, sweet, 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 sweet one. <laughs> Yeah, that but you, but nobody else is gonna sell it like that. You say it, Chris. Say it. I haven't been introduced yet. <laughs> yeah, Dante. Jesus Christ. It's like the NWO. More Chris, wrestling references. Chris is a little passive aggressiveness. Nice, like Chris. It. Good shot over the bow. <laughs> Making his what is three hundred eighty third appearance. One of the greats of all time. The Lake Show. Chris Laker. Everybody. My brother. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now you can it's talk. Good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet wine. Yeah, what's your see, thoughts on it? Now see. I answered. I like, I like, I like all the sweets. <laughs> We're split down the fucking middle here. Super, uh, Super Tramp left the booth. He would have been in tiebreaker. He's smart. He stayed out of it. He doesn't like it. I spoke to him. Um, our guest that's coming up. <laughs> by coming up, he's already talked. Uh, the great Dante Nero will be here, dear friend of ours. Um, that guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? That's a mystery voice. Um, that. <laughs> He's, of course, the host of the Beige Phillips Show, which is a wonderful podcast that's blowing up all over the place. And he's also um, was formerly a pimp and is going to talk about many things, but we're going to focus on the pimp game Mm -hmm. because that's something that people think they know and they don't know shit. I've been in a car with Dante when he's uh, told me some things, and it blows your mind. Wow. So this is mine. Is the only thing being blown in that car. Yeah, yeah. The pimp's not blowing me. Take it easy. What the, what the shit's going on here? Is, is it the is it the prostitutes getting paid and then giving the money to the pimp, or no. what? What's we'll get, what's we'll a, We're gonna get to the pimp okay. mentality. The, See, what you have to do in your head. There's I, so much to it. More. I saw that that pimp's up hose down. You ever see that? I you still haven't seen watch that. that once a week. <laughs> once a week. Once a week. You should watch it once a week just to keep your game hot. <laughs> I just saw a pimp sued Nike because uh, he was beating someone with a shoe, and it didn't say on the shoe that it could be used as a weapon, and you have to be careful with it. So he got, what tru- he got in trouble for beating someone with a shoe, and then well, it didn't say that this could be a weapon on the shoe. I'm suing Nike. How crazy is that? Pimps. 
Never trust them, I think. Yeah. Very litigious, the pimps. I would say Americans. Americans, yeah. Very that's... litigious. Yeah, those French those French pimps. They now, don't still and nobody. I came from a Jew. How about that? <laughs> Holy shit. All right, let's just bring him in. We did it's this the, a couple weeks ago. Jew calling the Jew a Jew. What the fuck is going on, Dante? It's triple Jew. You just come name. in here. Triple and... Jew. <laughs> Jew. Jew. Let's try it Jew. again. <laughs> Ace, chew, 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 chew. It's too much. Don't give me no shit on that, Dante. I know you can burp and give me a black eye, but I ain't gonna take no goddamn shit here on Luster Life. All right, let's just get right into it. Pimpin' ain't easy. I don't know who said that. It's probably it's true. A litig probably a litigious Jew. Let's be honest about that. We're just trying to start some shit. Dante Nero, everyone, he's here yeah, now. Let's give it just up, give it up. shatter the goddamn wall give it that up. the I Wizard of like Oz is behind. I'm going to just shut up because I feel like I You're took not over from you, no, Chris Lincoln. In. I just we, introduced we, 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 you now. All right, good. I'm in. You're in. Everyone's here. We're all going to play and have fun, and who gives a fuck? So, Dante, let's get right to it. Um let me just say this first. I admire Chris Laker. He's one of the greats in this. I business. really admire Chris Laker and his fucking comedy. I admire his fucking truthfulness and his staying the course. And and uh, I feel like we're on the same path, Chris. Like, thank you, Dante. Like they don't get us, but they're gonna get us. I think they get me just fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I would say, uh, well, I I've, I've you know what I mean, industry wise. Yes. No. Yeah. Well, they're they are they starting? To get, are they starting? Yeah. You think? You think? <laughs> you think it's just, but it's not like it should be. Not like it should be, Chris Laker. You're one of the greats. It's a tough game. This is you get like, what you get in this thing. This isn't thing. like pimping. Yeah, it is. So. <laughs> I guess it is. We'll it find is. out. We'll find out soon. All right, so let's start this off. <laughs> this is going to be one of the most enjoyable battle royales <laughs> of a podcast. Welcome to the Royal Rumble. Every 30 seconds, let's have someone run in. Be the, oh, we should do an episode like that, though. <laughs> Where, like, every couple minutes, every a new somebody, someone somebody else comes just up on runs the mic. in and jumps on oh the mic. Oh, my God, we're going to do a Royal Rumble episode. All right, we'll wait. Okay, so Dante, let's Yo. get your background. You grew up out here in New York, right? I'm a Brooklyn cat. Grew up Brooklyn Hospital, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. You've never left. Where in Brooklyn? Uh, I grew up in uh, Crown Heights. Um, lived a lot of my life in Bed-Stuy. Do or die. Wrestling fight, Crown Heights. Wow. All that. You know what I mean? Little hustling, little this. Does every neighborhood in Brooklyn have a nickname? Uh, there's no Park Slope. There is no nah, Rope, there's no there? Rope of Dope. Rope of Dope Park Slope. <laughs> nah, there's none of that. It's Williamsburg. Have you heard? <laughs> nah, not really. Just uh, you, just just the, the rougher areas. The rough areas. Yeah. And so you grew up there, and now how did you get involved with pimping? All right. Well, let me give you a little background. Yeah, I, I actually went. To, I actually went to Catholic school. I was okay. altar boy. The whole shit. Uh, wow. it, this is the body of Christ. I used to ring the bell. The yeah. whole shit. Um, how old were you then? Ah, I was in elementary school, so first I was I was an altar boy from like uh, fourth grade on to like maybe eighth and eight, maybe eighth grade or so around that. Time. The guys that take it further than eighth grade, there's something wrong with them. Something wrong with them, a little <laughs> bit. I mean, I was yeah. it was a part of my this, at that time the school. You remember this where the school would be attached to the the church. Well, like Catholic you had a school, church, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, we couldn't afford to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's probably better, as we noticed. I'm probably half Jewish, so there would be right. some conflict <laughs> and fucking interest there, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I did that, and I um, my dad was actually a um, 
I don't know if you ever heard of the Goat Manigo, the dude up in Harlem that did all the tournaments and stuff. Legendary streetball player that yeah. I had a buddy back in the day argue us to the death that he was better than Michael Jordan. You can't prove it because it's right. like a legend. That's, yeah. Well, there was also the helicopter, but that's a whole other thing. Helicopter used to pick, they used to put uh, quarters on top of the backboard and he used to jump up and snatch the quarters off the top of the backboard. It is. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. But my pops was, I brought that up to say, my pops was like the goat of Brooklyn. Like he did tournaments and stuff like that. Wow. From uh, my pops had me really late. Like uh, he was he was almost fifty. Fifty. When now, what number me. are you? I am the youngest of of uh, three older sisters. Three sisters oh, and wow. you. Yeah, I uh, my I have my father has his oldest daughter. My mother has her oldest daughter. They married, and then I have a sister, a full sister, and me. Okay, just like that. But my sisters are. Like right now, my sisters are sixty five and sixty three. They're wow. much, much older. And uh, huh? You guys close? Nah, I hate them bitches. Really? So, all of them, all three of them. Can't stand um, a single one. I get along with the youngest one the, the full, best. But that's the one you're full blooded with. Yeah. Well, it's not because of that. It's just that she's just a little more progressive okay. in terms of changing. They all. I don't know if you know. They have that whole the princess syndrome where the, the, the oldest daughter just thinks that she should run everything and all and since my middle my middle sister is my mother's oldest daughter and my older sister is my father's oldest daughter and my my full sister is the oldest daughter of the union of the two they all have uh, that kind of princess. they all feel like they have rank on yeah them. yeah well they I think they have rank on everything mm. you know so so I was a baby boy. So you would think, you know, a lot of times dudes would say, oh, you're the baby boy. You probably got spoiled. But I never got spoiled because they were so self-absorbed. When I was like, uh, I was like maybe five years old, I, I remember getting a beating from my father. Cause, yes. Because uh, we were going to run away and climb out the third floor window, tied sheets together, right? And uh, Who was? We, me and my sister, you're we were going to run away because we were on punishment. So we tied the sheets together like TV and we threw it out the the window, and we were gonna climb down the third floor window. We, look, I grew up in a brownstone in, uh, in Brooklyn, and uh, uh, my father saw the sheets come down, <laughs> and he ran up. and He went to beat us, and my sister, who I was the baby boy, and she used me as a shield, like Ooh. she picked me up and just used me as a shield. So that's kind of our, what our relationship is, <laughs> is her using me as a shield. <laughs> wow. For uh, so so when, when, whenever we got beatings and shit, you know. So now. And was that often? Um, what, was, what were your parents like? I, my, my pops didn't beat us a lot. Um, my, my mom was smacking us around a lot, though. But what was smacking around? Like, you hear that now. I mean, smacking around used to mean one thing. Now yeah, it means another. Smack, swatted. Yeah, I mean, you didn't get, I mean, we didn't get hit with a bat or nothing. Yeah, spanking. Spanking. Yeah, is that acceptable now or no? No, no, you, no, can't, no, do you can't do that now. Do that now. See, I always <laughs> thought spankings was fine. I, in the back of my goddamn head, up till probably about 17, did not want to get Fs or anything because I still thought. You could get a spanking. And then finally one day I go, dummy, you're a grown fucking man. <laughs> you right. got the hair on your balls. You can get drafted in a few months. <laughs> Pops ain't going to spank you. Do you get spankings that hurt, like physically hurt? When I was a youngin'. But I mean, the last one I probably got was probably like eight when that still matters, when you got like an old Italian with a wooden fucking paddle. Yeah, but that's that's what also it kind of it's it's emotionally more painful than anything else. It's that this is happening. Yes. And that your parents are doing this. It's more the fear of it than it is. And you know you fucked up and yeah. racist and all that. You ever block one? I made the mistake. I hid like a huge Lincoln log that was like the top of like a, <laughs> a house of Lincoln log. I thought I was so coy, dog. I pulled it out, blocked it, 
on my grandma, not even my pops. And then my grandma went to town. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? I, I thought I was a young Matumbo. Oh, oh. And then, shaking, waving. Oh, my God. Like my neighbor, my neighbors, they used to get extension cord, hit beat with the extension Ooh. cord with weps and shit. Like, I didn't get that. Though. I think that's a little more. Per- it's yeah. a little excessive. It's and I always excessive. hear Southern folk talk about switches. Yeah. I didn't know what that shit was. Yeah, that's, that can't be no good. That's the the uh, Off the tree. The young branch of the tree that doesn't break. My wrong. Yes. My wrong. But a little whip. That Chris, kept me out of you? trouble, to yeah. be honest, for a long time. It just finally, I, I took enough of those. Like, okay, maybe I should be a nice fucking kid. Yeah. But now no one has that. And, Guess what they're doing? Acting a fucking fool. <laughs> you think that's the problem with the, with the kids these days? I, I Nobody's getting beat. The kids. the kids in my neighborhood got beat, and they were pieces of shit. Still pieces. <laughs> of shit. They were all, then they went out and they beat up other people, right. and, now, and now they're cops. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're, they're protecting us. They're probably a couple of Chris, did we fighters. live in the same neighborhood? <laughs> I grew up. I grew up in Staten Island. Okay, yeah, but I, it's always the dirtbags that became cops. Oh yeah. The, the, well, because they end up having that option. Yeah. Anybody yeah. That, another cop's gonna catch me, or I'll be the one catching yeah, them doing right. that shit. Anybody that really enjoys hitting people, mm. you know, becomes I, a cop. I, I mean, that's a that's a great career option <laughs> if you if you enjoy hitting people. What about MMA? Is that up on the list or no? Well, that wasn't around when I was a kid. Yeah, but that's a that's a mutual kind of contact. I was a dude like I was a heavy in the martial arts. I was yeah. doing I, I was doing MMA MMA before it was MMA. Like I used to go from. School to school, I took judo, I took Jeet Kune Do, I took Eagle's Claw, I took uh, j- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, just, I used to bounce around and just... Yeah. That's a lot I, of classes. I just know. used to jump, <laughs> I, I do two years here, a year, you oh, okay. just, just bounce around from school, and then I would fight in the streets, I used to fight in the streets for money, like... Wow. Uh, like we come up to the lab and me and some dude would fucking square off and and for a couple thousand dollars and just really? fight. And people would just put money down. Yeah, people would bet. I, I got a quick That's story crazy. before we get back to the Pippin. <laughs> um, one day we're working at a club years ago and Dante shows up in his fur. For those of you you don't know Dante, we'll put pictures up online. Dante is the smoothest dressed motherfucker ever. Wears fur coats like a pimp, like like a priest from Superfly. He shows up. And he's gabbing his lip a little bit with a, a napkin or tissue because there's a little blood. Dante, what happened? I just got in a fight with five guys. Five guys. <laughs> he, he got in some altercation at like a bodega on the way to the gig. Five guys ran their mouth. He fought all five of them. <laughs> and all he had was a little bit of blood right. from it his lip. Me. It, it was someone me. else's I was, blood. I was slipping. Everyone <laughs> was worried. And they're they like, what's going to happen, Dante? Are you okay? Yeah, just bring me a drink. He, so he's now drinking booze before he goes on. The, the lips good, and we're like, I, even, I remember, remember that, that and don't remember it. Bought, and, like, yeah. and I think you bought, if I'm not mistaken, not just like a fur, like a blue azure, like yeah, some a blue gangster fox. ass a shit. Blue fox, a blue fox, a dude in a blue fox with five motherfuckers got a little blood and then dropped a little henny on fucking his lip, and it was all good. Got to keep it moving. I'm fucking keep, keep it moving. Keep so it moving. With your relationship with, watch, watch how I'm segueing here with with your sisters. Yeah, that. Help? Do you think? Um, no, nah, nah, you know nah. where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. With, nah, do you think that my my uh, you know the kind of offensive shit, shit I have with my sister? I actually love women. Uh, my mom is a saint. My mom's real sweet. I met she your was, mom. She's an angel. She's a sweetie, but it wasn't that. Like I don't think um, people think that people have this propensity for, for for pimping, but it's really not like that. The woman turns you out, like. There's a chick that wants to pay you. 
She's like, I mm. would. It's always the situation where the chick goes. And finds. I would make. I make some money for you. They behind the pimp. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Need, they need someone to hold the people accountable or to- hold the people accountable. But it's just like the game. The game is just like that. It's it's the woman turns the guy out. She she's doing it already. But what's what's your purpose? Why does she need you? Why is she adding someone that she's going to Well, if something with? goes wrong, well, uh-huh. really, she loves you, and she just wants to pay you. Really? Yeah. That's what most pimps are just, It's I, I, the girls just out of love are paying them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Um, here's, here's what's crazy. I give you, an, I use this example a lot. Um, I was dating this chick, and I had a lamp that would, uh, the plastic thing on the lamp was broken. Yeah. Right? And um, every time, you know, hey, you take the ply, you got to, everyone to turn the light on, you got to take the pliers and turn the lamp on. And one day I came in and the, the plastic switch on the little plastic cap was on the lamp. And I was like, yo, where did, how did... So she went to the store where, found the lamp and stole the, the piece off the lamp and put it on the, on my, so I wouldn't have to, that's pimping. <laughs> that's pimping. That it's, sounds like Zen and the Art of Pimping. It's, That's a book that needs to be written. <laughs> That's Pimping. It's because it's it's her anticipation of what she can do for you to make your life easier and make it harder because she loves you at that level. Okay, so how do you, all right, so let's start with this. When did you start Pimping? And then I want to progress to how do they find you and how many that you okay, end up I was, having at uh, the time? I was, um... I was I was a male stripper okay. for twelve years. Uh, and what was your like, name, Dante? Prince. It was Prince Mandingo. Prince that's, Mandingo. That's it. Because he's modest. It. He wasn't the king then. No, I wasn't the <laughs> prince. But I actually did. We did have a coronation where I became the king. Later on in my career, they they coronated me King Mandingo. So that you were King Mandingo at, later on. But I, for the most part, I was royalty, prince. motherfuckers, <laughs> in lust for life. <laughs> but uh, what happened was I, w- I was a male stripper, and I was in that that whole life: male strippers, female strippers, so on and so forth. And then I I was I was kind of a I mean I don't say I was a tough dude, but I I I liked the physical contact. Like I yeah. liked the the, the I like the competition of I like I used to love to fight. So I went through a, a real long period of my life where I was afraid of everything. Like my dad was super protective. That's when and, you were a kid. Yeah, and I was just and he was like, Don't do that, you put your eye out, don't do that, you get hit by a car, you break your leg, you get catch pneumonia. You were scared to go outside and shit like that as a kid? I, I don't know if we I don't mean when when you say that, I don't mean like white guys scared to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't mean like agoraphobia, but like I was like if I saw dudes that were kind of thuggy, I'd be like, "Oh shit, we're gonna get robbed." You know what I mean? Okay. Like if if I went to a dance, I wasn't the dude that would ask a girl to dance. No. Uh, I I wasn't the dude that went. If there was a fight, I didn't run from it, but I didn't run to it either. Okay. So when did I was, this change? Yes, I, but I just got tired of being afraid. Like I was afraid of everything. Like I, I just remember being afraid. I remember this dude. It was a, this kid who used to bully me. His name was John Shea. Fuck you, John Shea. See me, son. I'm trying to see you. So <laughs> if you hear this, come see me. See me out. now. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had a flashback. The um, but uh, <laughs> but oh, uh, fuck you, John Shea. Um, but he 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 used to skip me on the lunch line and then take my French fries and shit like that. Oh, that's and, dirty. And I would not do anything. And then uh, me and my sister, we had bunk beds. And I was like, if you remember the bunk beds, you had the springs underneath the bunk beds. I would spend like two weeks just staring at the springs, thinking about, like, I couldn't sleep. 
I should have did this. I should have did that. I should like weeks. I'd be just at that incident. And every time something happened, I would be, I would just torture myself about what I should have done that I didn't do. And, um, and I just, I, it just used to bother me. I just got to a point where I, um, I just got tired of being afraid. Almost like a breaking point. Yeah, I just, I just snapped. So when I went from, like I, I went to um, elementary school, which goes up to eighth grade. When I went to, to high school, right, I was like, I, I, was, I remember being very aware. So I was like, I'm going to high school. Nobody knows who I am. I can be whatever I want to be. So today is the rest of my life. And so I just was. If somebody says something slick, I punch them in the mouth. So you're saying like wow. ninth grade was the reinventation yeah, of Dante I just was Nero? Like, I'm fuck. I'm not going through the rest of my life like this. Is there any connection to leaving the altar boy situation there? No, kind of I mean I just kind of that was just kind of something I did. But I was always rebellious about about religion and uh, you know organized religion and mm. shit like that. But you that. were still an altar boy till eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. But I was. I didn't want my mom used to force me to go uh -huh. to church and. She, she used to watch. She's forced to watch me. She's make me watch Jim Baker. Remember that? Oh, the best. And the PTL Club. I used to have to watch that too. And when I got after I went to high school, I was like, I'm not watching it. Look at it. And then when they ended up being thieves and perverts and stuff, I was like, Ah, you see, felt validated. I told you. But but I uh, <laughs> I knew it. I just the day I went to college, went to high school, I had made up my mind that I was gonna be a different dude. Uh -huh. And so as soon as so you know when you go to high school and there's that kind of pecking order, yes, the first dude that said anything slick, I smacked him in the mouth. Like, how soon do you think that is? Yeah, if you can remember, first, day? <laughs> first period, probably. Hey, bitch, I, I Probably the first week. First, first week. week, yeah. Which is always a big statement in high school. The fights during the first week stick yeah. in your head that whole year. Chris was gonna say something. No, because like I'm just thinking, you weren't. I'm guessing you weren't like a big dude at the time, right? Because like you, when you're no, when no, you're getting cut no. in the lunch line, you know, nah, I was like, a I was you know how you wrote you you line up size order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like fourth, fifth on the line. So when yeah. you freshman year of high school getting ready to punch this dude, I'm you're not, not the biggest you're, you're dude. not you're nah, not you're nah. not you're not this this, no. this Dante that we know now. No, no, I'm a little I'm a, I'm a average height. So you dude. so did you wait And a little chubby too, like a little kind of chubby face, nice face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice face. Like you had nice face at chubby. Yeah. Just so you know, I wasn't an ugly chubby kid. <laughs> and you didn't. You weren't a fighter. So no. you just, I mean, this is the thing. I didn't know how to box because my father taught me how to box. Oh, okay. But I never. So you just punched this dude. And that was the end of that. Him. What happened there? Punched the dude, and they because you know at that age you don't really have fights. It's like somebody punches a the dude, they scrap, they break it up. With three punches, it's broken up. But yeah, the, the yeah, rumors yeah. are bigger. Yeah, yeah, Dante yeah, landed right. seven uppercuts, yeah. <laughs> and then Jimmy tried to put him in put some him move that we don't know yet because there's no MMA, but I'm sure we'll know of it eventually. And oh shit! And but I wasn't a I wasn't a bully, but I was a dude like they were like this dude is fucking nuts. Word got out. out yeah, and anything Statement. that anybody dared me, if you said I dare you to. I was doing it by the time you said two. I was already doing it. Because I what I discovered for me was, and this is probably for everybody, like if, when you have that fear, right? The act what the what you're afraid of is never the thing that's the hardest thing. It's the it's the time between you decide you realize that there's something that you can do and the time that you actually do it. That is the most painful time yeah. of any fear, that anticipation between action and 
the awareness that there's some. So even if there's a, if you go into a club and there, or you go into a party and you want to ask a girl to dance, it's like, man, I want to ask that girl to dance. That time, the period of time between you decide you want to do this and you and you actually do it or don't do it is the most painful part. Yeah, I agree with you. hundred percent. So I realized that at a very young age, which is pretty aware yeah. at, at 12, 13 years old. And I decided I'm not going to, I'm going to eliminate that, that period of time. Mm-hmm. So if I said, I want to ask this girl to dance at the prom or at, the, at a dance, I go, I want to, I walk in and you want to dance? And most of the time they would, you know, you don't realize that everybody's feet, everybody's afraid. Right. Here's the thing that made me understand fear more than anything. I'm watching Mike Tyson one day, and I kind of, kind of had a rep by then because Mike Tyson and I are close to the same age, right? And Brooklyn. Yeah, and uh, Brownsville. Right. I actually, well, that's a whole list, but um, I uh, I remember him getting ready to fight Tyrell Biggs, mm-hmm. right? Now he massacred Tyrell. At, the, at that time, Tyson was considered the most dangerous and, man and on Biggs the planet. And Biggs was very dangerous at that point. Yeah, everyone was scared of Tyrell Biggs at that point. Right, except for Tyson, for and Mike. we knew that Ty- Tyrell Biggs was going to get murdered yes. in this. And I remember looking at them in the in the in the the pre-fight thing, and uh, they were pumping up Mike Tyson, and they were like, "You the champ! You gonna take him? You gonna kill him?" And I was like, "Why are they?" It's Tyrell Biggs. Like, why are they pumping this dude up? And it clicked to me that this dude is the most dangerous man on the planet, but he still needs dudes to mentally pump him up. Mm-hmm. But why would you need to be pumped up if you're not, if you don't have fear? So it clicked to me, even Mike Tyson has fear when he was the most dangerous man in the world. So my fear is the same as his fear. So I, just knowing that, that, that fear was a, a part of just... You know, I guess human. Uh, the, I guess the course of, of of we're all gonna be riddled with it. Yes, it, it's in you. It is a dominant feeling that you have to defeat. But it's it's doing in the presence. Bravery is doing in the presence of fear. Sure. Still having action in the presence of fear, and then I would eliminate that that anticipation because if a dude says something slick to me, I punch him in the mouth. And most of the time, they were scared too. So the the, the yeah. initial punch was like, "Oh, sh- this motherfucker don't give a fuck." And then they'd be like, they would just bow down, and I would win ninety nine percent of the time. I was supposed to say, did you ever get burned here? I mean, one of the the Never. opposite side of that coin is not like assessing the situation and just jumping. You know, shoot first, ask questions later. Can you can get burned by that? But here's what happens too: you you create a numbness. To fear, like I was always fighting fear. My whole life, I had been fighting fear, and then after a while, I didn't have it. Uh-huh. Like I literally didn't have fear. Like I remember uh, a dude. Um, I remember you remember five percenters, right? Yeah. So it was this crew of five percenters, and uh, my boy. Long story short, my boy was messing with one of these gir- girls in the neighborhood that they thought was their girl that really wasn't or whatever, and we ended up in a melee, and we spent a summer. Just catching each other and beating each other. These are, for people who don't know what they are, they were real like hardcore dudes. Hardcore dudes. There was uh, Wallace D. Muhammad took uh, a portion of the lessons out of the out of Islam and yeah. took it to the streets to teach it to the kids in the streets. And then it, they were supposed to have been, been been indoctrinated into Islam, but he died and they became, their own became thing. this kind of street. That no one fucks with. When you hear no. someone's a five percenter, a lot yeah, of they, people they, run they, the other way. They're nuts. They're a little nuts. Yeah. So... It was a crew of them, and the dude, so I remember this dude kept, he was like, yo, I'm going to fuck up. I was like, listen, I'm not, I don't, I don't really want to fight you. 
I said, it's not even really our beef. I said, you got a crowd here. You're, you're, um, you're, you're, make, you're, you're putting on a show. I said, can I, uh, let me talk to you first. So I pulled him aside from the show. I says, listen, I just, I want you to understand. <laughs> I, go, I want you to understand that if we do this, I am willing to maim you. I'm going to try and maim you. I'm going to try and hurt you in a way that you're hurt forever. Right? And so he goes, man, fuck you. Bye bye. You know, went back to the, the drama. So uh, we tee off. The guy throws a hand. He really didn't have a knuckle game. He threw a punch. I slipped the punch. I hit him with the right hand. He goes down, hits his head on the concrete, knocks himself out. Right? So I grab him by the ankle. I drag him out into the middle of the street, and then I prop his ankle up on the curb, and then I just jump up and down on his ankle till I, I compound oh! fracture his ankle. Right? So now... Shit. Everybody in my neighborhood is like, that's the crazy dude who breaks people's ankles after their... I was was still in high school, so had to be... Building a legend. 17, 16, like that. And... And you could like hear the like even when I hit the when the bone cracked and it was like crack I was like I was a little like oh this is a bit much but it was, I was <laughs> but you gotta commit you know and and then everyone's watching and I was like and everybody so I I, I didn't really have no you know at least in my neighborhood. They was like, I'm not fucking with that. That dude's out of his fucking mind. Now, when that legend starts building then of you coming out of that shell and now being this badass, yeah. you're fucking up five percenters. Yeah. There's 4.9% left after. <laughs> hey, oh. Five percent is like the least tough sounding name of a game. <laughs> but I think that's kind like of the fraction. Trick yeah. It's like, oh, 5%, you couldn't get a cooler name than that? Chris, <laughs> you ever Try seen the dudes with the number seven with the stars around it? They wear the hats. It's a number seven. I don't know. I'm sure if I saw it, I would know. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those well, the- I want to say yes, but I, I probably just just saying yes because I want to say yes. Because <laughs> you yeah. just heard that ankle story. Because yeah. I want yes, to. Sure. No, because they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. Yeah. I'm in the I'm in the life. I'm in the streets, <laughs> running around. But you might what, have come what, across what, it. What, yeah. what 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 constitutes, by the way, something slick? Because I could be pretty smooth. I don't want to. I don't want to catch one in the jaw. Right, right. You say somebody says something slick uh, to you, you know, they just, get punched. Well, you you. Here's what I mean. here's what I mean. It, I think that you, we all, like when I, you know, I do the podcast. One of the things I say: if you get a tingle in your nuts, it means you're gonna get kicked in the balls. That refers to relationships. So when you're in a relationship and a chick goes, "Yo, uh, uh, you know, it's just, why are you acting like a bitch?" Or she says something disrespectful, you get that tingling because you there's a gut feeling that you said something's wrong with this relationship and it's yeah, getting out of hand. Definitely something wrong there. So when a guy, you know when a guy is is testing you. You know when a guy is, oh, this motherfucker. Like, right. just, I think it's more the content or the to- the context. Right. Oh, that's like a thing that guys do to each other. I've never done, I've never, I've got, I, I've never, I never like wanted to, to test anybody. But you've, you know what it is. You've been tested, I, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, no, I yeah, yeah, definitely go ahead. Yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. So you, but you know when you feel like yo, this motherfucker, yo, sh- yo, shut the fuck up. Or even if a dude will go suck my dick, even the way he says suck my dick, you know it, it's this is right. this motherfucker's testing me. So a dude would scare yo, why don't you shut the fuck up? And and I'll go, what'd you say? He go, I said bang, and I'd hit him. Like because here's something else I learned. Nobody really wants physical contact. Nobody wants it. Me included. But what happened before you you like fighting? Right. Well, I, I, right. I, I right. I started to get to enjoy it. But initially, here's what people do. 
I say something, you say something. I say something, you say something. I say something, you say something. We try to, we keep trying one up each other so that we get to the point where either somebody doesn't up it or it ends up escalating to physical, uh, physical engagement, right? So here's what I learned. I, you say something, I say something back. You say something back, I hit you in the mouth. D- d- those next eight steps and then, that you and then what typically happens after that? Then they're like, because they weren't really ready, uh, because they still had eight more steps to go. <laughs> I'm in the they game. Had all these lines prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I want. Just and, none, and see. I feel like there's unlimited steps there because it's usually like a <laughs> bunch. It's usually like two guys just not fighting. Yeah, right, forever. Each face. Especially like as adults. Like you know, it, it, where there's a situation, and and you're just two angry guys. But you know, I also, if it was like somebody I thought might hit me, then I just get. But out that's of the point. Yeah. See, that the move, point is yeah, that move wins the war. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I remember uh, reading this thing in college about Neil Young, you know, the great musician. He was so quiet in school, and kids fucked with him, and uh, they'd always just smack his head while he's trying to do his work, and then. One day, after like two months, he never raised his hand. He raised his hand, asked to go get the encyclopedia. And was like, what? Let's go beat some dude. Comes back, goes back one desk, whacks that motherfucker in the head, goes to detention for a week. No one ever fucked with him again. Because why why fight the battle? Let's just win the war. Right. And when you get a reputation like that. Yeah, nobody. Then there is no confrontation. Never. And and then you start to feel feel that, like that same tingle. And that's when somebody's testing you. You learn how to, it's almost like an energy, it's like a, I don't know if it's chi or whatever, but there's an energy of intent that you can extend outside of your body. So when I go to somebody, yo, why don't you shut your fucking mouth? You go, this dude really is ready to fucking, you're not going, you don't go, oh. Didn't see it coming. (laughs) Or or, or you don't go, you don't go, oh, here's my turn. Because there's an intent in that. I've done that here with fucking, you know, with dudes who who be acting up and I'll be like, yo, why don't you shut your fucking mouth? And they... Because it's not peacocking with you. Well, no, no. I I, I know what a peacock is. Yeah. What the fuck you say and all that shit. Nah, when I say it, I go, because I don't want to ever be the dude, because it's about, (laughs) it's it's also about integrity, because I got to, if I say something, I should be about that. Uh Uh-huh. Man, think about how great high school would have been if you broke somebody's ankle. Oh, <laughs> it'd be the where's best. Where's the time machine? I'd like to go back and try it. <laughs> I mean, really, kids out there, break somebody's ankle. Yeah, every time with Laker. Last time, kids, don't wear condoms. Oh, now, story. break an ankle. Pop, Uncle Chris. One time after a gig here, uh, during the whole show, Dante was going through something with the broad. He was telling me a story. And we finally have time after the show bullshitting. And some drunken guy who was at the show comes up to us. And he keeps trying to butt in. And Dante finds like, hey, don't play yourself out, man. All right? You're disrespectful. We're trying to talk right here. And the dude was like, no, man, I ain't tried this. You are disrespecting, and now you need to take a step fucking back. <laughs> that dude got the fuck yeah. out of there. And they can feel it. Yeah. Oh, it was so it. great. Right. You can feel it. You can That's feel crazy. it. Oh, it was so great. So let's shift it now. So now you're getting this power. Now, that energy that you're getting where people know not to fuck with you, yeah. I'm sure at this point women are picking up this vibe. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a dude to protect us, um, and this is it's, just... The pussy is flowing. Yeah. So when did you first get laid? I'm guessing... Hey, I let's was, take bets real quick. Let me right, look at him. No poker. What age do you think Benji... Don't look. No poker. No what? poker. No poker no, face. I got to re- Okay. Uh, I'm going... 
15. 15 for virginity. Lake show. I was going to go 15. I'm going to have to. You still I'm, can't. I'm going to have to go. Vegas will pay you both out if he wins. <laughs> I'm going to say 16. 16. Johnny, when do you think Producer Tron, Minnesota Fatigate? 12. 12. 12. Super trip in the booth. 17. You're going with a sneaky. I am saying. I'm going to say that you got it. What, what is eighth grade? 14? Right before? I say you got some pussy right before, and that motivated you to change everything. You got a, at least a decent sniff of it. What age? It was it, 11. Holy ah, shit! 11. Pay it off! 11. Pay it off to, to John Minnesota Fatigan. But it wasn't under the un, it wasn't under the Constitution of me not me being the tough guy. and kind of get, It was, I, my mom used to babysit kids yeah. even before I was born. And she, the, these kids were o- older than me, right? And so when I got to be about 11, even, even around 9, I used to hang out with them. And for some reason, she didn't mind me hanging out with these older dudes, which, you know, because she knew their mothers and stuff like that. Yeah. And I could, like, hang out. I remember hanging out. Till, I could hang out till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning as long as I was at their house. And they, at the end of the day, they would walk me home. Mm-hmm. Like I lived around the yeah. corner and they would walk me home. But imagine what's going into the 17, 18, 19, 20 year old kids. There's, they were watching porn, smoking weed, drinking beer and fucking DJing. We were DJing, pop locking, DJing. And, pop lock. and they used to actually take me to 42nd Street when it was the old deuce. The old 42nd 40 Street. 40 deuce used to pay extra to get me in the, in the, in the porn Movie theaters. They would slip me extra money and slide me in the porn theaters. Do you realize most people, if Dante would have died at 11, (laughs) most of us, we would have haven't lived to that yet. I'm 36 (laughs) in a week, goddammit. And it's like, holy shit, I could have lived up to Dante's 11 and has beaten everything I've done already. King of the neighborhood. So now you got to, what it was was a chick who was 15 who had, Double D titties, and she didn't, you know, that kind of slutty. She's mm-hmm. she's growing quicker than her her maturity, her mental maturity. And they used to fuck. She used to fuck everybody, and they were like, oh, "Yo, you got, we gonna get you laid." And they were like, "Fuck Dante." Wow. And they was like, and so I was like, days. and they was like, "We gonna we gonna we gonna come in and we gonna fuck her with you." I was like, "No, I want all of myself." Like I knew what the fuck I was doing. But I had been watching so much porno, right? Yeah. The first time when I lost my virginity, I ate pussy. First time I I, I lost my virginity, Jeez. I ate pussy. Eleven year old kid eating wow. pussy. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. <laughs> and that's blowing Lakers' mind. No. Lakers. Lakers twisted. Yeah. Uh, now, so and then you're just you're just get are you, are you having sex pretty regularly from eleven on? No, like I go through that period of time. I hit that a couple of times, and then I go through kind of a drought until uh, my probably my sophomore year, sophomore year of of, uh, of high school. Okay, and that's sixteen. I'm saying the early st- eleven. That's child molestation. Sixteen. <laughs> I win. <laughs> but I, I was uh like in third grade, I was French kissing and sucking titties and finger popping. And, finger popping in third grade. Third grade, fourth Super grade. Tramp's face. I've never seen it like that. There's a reaction from Super Tramp that's unbelievable. No, all that stuff. I knew that stuff was going on. I was just never uh, he's go- never in on it. He's going to show world, probably finger banging Sika and I was fucking French, Nina Hartley. I was French kissing in 
second and third grade. Dude, oh. Frenchie was tongue kissing in front of second and third Jeez. grade. Second and third graders. Yeah. It's and the dudes who I used to hang out with, they were like, look, if you do not go down on your girl, she can be taken. And I was like, well, I don't want you to. Now you picture me trying to explain to some nine-year-old why I need to fucking lick a little piss, 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 poor pussy box. She's like, what? Do what? Well, what she gave herself a tongue what? twister. Yeah. That's a lot of work. <laughs> now, but wasn't there a stigma back in the day in the black community of not going down on a girl? Was that all bullshit that That's I heard bullshit. from comedians and down. songs dudes and shit? Went down. I mean, the, the, like a lot of the hip-hop dudes, like heavy hip-hop dudes would be like, nah, I don't, I don't eat pussy this Here's what it was. West Indian dudes were really serious about that. Because it's there were like songs the about that called <laughs> No Bow Cat and all kinds of shit like that. Well, it's like the old Italians, right? In the mafia, that is no bullshit. You can't. You, yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't let anyone know that because it, this thing was: if you suck pussy, you'll suck anything. Yeah. Right. Which would also mean pole, and then you're Pinocchio, and yeah. then, then you're out. Then yes. you're, Then the post is writing about the fairy godfather. <laughs> yeah. But that, that I mean, I, I, the guys, the, here's the other thing, the guys who I hung out with, yeah. they were all like middle class, they all parents were, were middle class sure. blacks who went to college, they all went to college, and they all were educated, so it was kind of a, a eclectic kind of, like I used to hang out with the thugs, but mm -hmm. separately. Like my uh, like, there was two private houses. I live on St. Charles Place. Yeah. Like on the Monopoly board, so mm. there was another little private house block, and we all lived in a, in the course of three blocks. But a block away from that was the crack houses yeah. and, and and all the crazy shit. On Nostrand Avenue was crazy crack dealers, and Franklin Avenue was crack dealers, and, and so it was around. So you could walk two blocks away, and it was real shit going on. Yeah. So um. You know, I had that kind of option, and then my father was a big dude in the neighborhood, so they all knew me as his son, so I could kind of walk with him. I've actually gotten where I gotten I gotten uh, robbed. Me and my boy got well, they they came in I, like I went to Catholic school. They came and robbed, and they were like, "Yo, ain't your father?" So I was like, "Yeah, my father's Nero," and he he was like, "Yo, yo, push." Put your pockets back in. What did your dad do? <laughs> he ran tournament. He worked for worked for the parks department, but he ran tournaments. Brooklyn wide. But that's what he did. Okay. And he did correction officers tournaments. Uh, six. He started the six foot and under okay. tournaments where guys, little dudes. My pops was only five two. Through organizing hoops, he got re yeah. respect. Yeah. Anybody before that, he organized baseball with all the mobsters. Yeah. In Canarsie. Okay. Flatlands Avenue and Canarsie sure. and stuff like that. And those dudes, when I was 11, 12, they used to come and pick us up and go to take us boxing in limousines. All the like the Gallo brothers, the Jesus crazy Gallo Christ. brothers. Used to pick up my pops and me, and we'd go. You say crazy Joe Gallo? Yeah, just was tight with my pops. Yeah, my pop because he head was of one of the five families. Yes, he was the Brooklyn. I forget which Brooklyn one he was. Cat. Holy sh! Wow. Dante, what's the kid at eleven? Cat. Yeah, he was a Brooklyn. And I used to go. He's the king of the world. Fuck I remember. Leonardo. I remember going to a boxing match, and this dude, them telling yo, hey, sit down. The kid can't see. And the dude got up again. He said, I told you, and then boom, and they popped the dude, and it was melee. It broke this fight out, and they grabbed me and pulled me. And you threw got me. someone killed. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy. Joe Gallo was, was my pops. Crazy he, Joe, Joe Gallo. Gallo. The, well, his brother, his, Joe Gallo's brother. I forget what his name is. Uh, and I forget which family they ran. Was Joe it, Gallo was taught, it me how to, he taught me how to hit a softball. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's something you won't get on Jeopardy. That's, that's <laughs> true. So... Now you get through high school, you're big shot already. Um, yeah, I was a wild boy, and then the, you had a lot of the hip hop dudes, kind of the thugs. But I was, I didn't even f like they were. This dude is crazy. Yeah, 
Now you get through high school. Were yeah. grades okay or no? Was that a priority? Uh, B's, B's, C's, and then my father told me, I told him I can get A's anytime I want to, and he he bet me $100 I couldn't, and I got straight A's that year. Yeah. And then I went back, back to, to B's, B's and C's. <laughs> so, now, was college going to be an option for you or no? Yeah, went to Did, college. Where'd you go? Went to SUNY New Paltz. Okay. State. And what'd you get a degree in? Uh, I didn't finish. You didn't finish. Well, what but I was, I was, uh, I had a major in genetic engineering okay. with oh. a mind in psychology. Now, psychology definitely fits yeah. Yeah. how this guy does things. Um. But then after that, you end up in the stripping world? Well, what happened was I, I, I'm, a, I'm also a frat boy. I played as Omega Psi Phi fraternity, the purple and gold. Which the, that shocks the, me the, a little. The dudes. Yeah, don't the, well, it was, um, well, you know, black frats are different than, mm. like, you know, Jared and his, like, grab the banana. Black frats is like, like <laughs> it's like serious business, right? And there's a whole history, like Jesse Jackson and these yes. dudes. I'm in the fraternity with Jesse Jackson and uh, Shaq and. Uh, Michael Jordan and all this like okay. it's, it's like the hardest one to get in like there's wow. dudes who have died the Navy SEALs pledging. of it, black it is fraternity the, yeah and anybody would tell you that any other either frats would be like oh my shit is hard shut the fuck you know what it is it's called the Q-Dogs okay what's so, I, so hard about the play like what did they do they beat the shit out of you literally beat the shit out of you like well, that's, I, that sounds awful yeah it is <laughs> and I pledged for six dice uh, I pledged uh, three weeks underground and 13 weeks above ground where we were actually walking in lines together for 13 weeks. But yeah. we literally got bit. I mean, I, you know when they talk about the paddling and shit like that, uh, I I actually got 84 paddle, paddled 84 times once in a session. Jesus Christ. And, and you never thought... So what? Jesse Jackson was here. Well, you know what it was. You know, here's here's what it is. The so, when you go away to college, the fraternal, the social structure, or everything. And when I look at it in, in retrospect, yeah, the social structure was wrapped around Greek letter organizations. Like if I was in New York, if I went to City College or something, I would have been like, "Fuck you!" There's so much other distractions, but everything was kind of surrounded around Greek letter life like that. And so you, 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 you got down, and which was funny because my fraternity wasn't even there. I brought the fraternity there. Like, I brought that fraternity there. It wasn't present on, on campus, and I went to another campus and solicited to bring them on because the guys who were teaching me how to do porn and, and got me laid, they were all Q-dogs. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of already, mm -hmm. when I go to college, I'm going to pledge this fraternity. So I, I, I got, I, we would have charted a line at SUNY New Paltz. So you're the first one. You should be the one hitting everybody. No, but you bring in, you got to bring in other people in. Oh, you you got to import, yeah, you gotta import bring, people to bring you in. So, uh -huh. and, then it, and then it was dudes, like it was 30-year-old dudes who would come in and fuck you up. Jesus. It's crazy. Like Hall of Famers. Yeah, it was like crazy. Barry Sanders is coming in and hitting Dude, you with the bat. I got thrown down he a flight of stairs. Bat. I broke a rib. I got a tooth knocked out. Jesus Christ. Uh, one of my brothers had a, a a dude took a nail clip and cut his earlobe off. The bottom of his earlobe off. It was fucking insane. Yeah. What? It's really insane. Jesus Christ. Are so, you sure that wasn't Malcolm X's right. frat and not Jesse Jackson? And then here's the other thing. Once you, once you start the process, you can't quit. Because now you're known as the guy who quit the Q line uh, for the rest of your, your so you once you're in, you're in, and and it, so here's the here's the psychological explanation for that. Psychological explanation is that as black people we were slaves, right? And this uh, pledging 
is a voluntary slavery that your ancestors went through in order to learn how to read, to, to get, be able to learn how to read and be, have get an education. And so you're voluntarily looking into the window of your ancestors. The difference is at any time I could go, you know what, 63 pounds is enough, I quit. But your ancestors could never say, yo, you know what, I'm not going to be black no more. So there was also that kind of historic pressure about joining and the prestige of joining and stuff and going through this. And because of all, you literally was brainwashed. So when I got out of, when I got out of, when I pledged, when I crossed over, I was insane because I went 13 weeks with dudes beating on me and me never hitting back. So now I'm free and I'm like, I can hit back? Like... So I would I'd be in a bar and I'd fight five guys, six guys. Like I wouldn't ma- I was a fucking maniac. In like blue, you, blue fox skin. Every, everything about being white is easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's such a relief. <laughs> we got the memo now, right? It so, was ins- it was really insane. And 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 the, stri- the stripping came because they had a they had a Toys for Tots and they had a each Greek letter relationship uh, fraternity represented. As a male, they had a male review yes. with each fraternity uh, represented, and they picked another guy from another school. He backed out, and then, and I ended up filling in. Wow! So my boy, but my boy was in Brooklyn. Dudes who lived around the corner, they were stripping. So another another guy backed out, and they actually had to hire professionals. When they hired the professionals, the professionals were my boys wow. from Brooklyn, all the way upstate New York. And I was like, I wanted to get into it, and I was living with this chick. I mean, but his was crazy. The, my first freshman year, um, I hooked up with this chick on on orientation, and uh, I was faithful. And then uh, just every time she, she was a hoe, she was a hoe, and and I had these other chicks. I was so I was faithful to the hoe, and I had these other chicks who dug me because I was kind of like a, I was a big shit on campus. I was you know I was a fighter yeah. and I was dressing. I was walking around with fedoras and cowboy boots and. Skinny ties and all kinds of crazy, sh- and they—I was really kind of comfortable in my skin, I guess. If you qu- if you can be at that age, and so these other chicks wanted to—they um, liked me, and I didn't even because I was so into this chick. And then I broke up with this chick, and the day that I broke up with this chick, I ended up having a threesome with two roommates. I was like 18, had my first threesome. Oh, we should have put money down on that. Oh, shit, Dante. <laughs> you're ruining our action. Oh, sorry, sorry. We're degenerates here. We need to put some money. We were going to parlay that. All right, so here's, so this is what happened. So I was such a cornball because I was like, a, I was still a nice kid when it came. I was like, I, my ex came and she wanted to get back to with me. And I was like, well, this is how goofy I was like, well, I just had a threesome last night. And she was like, I don't care. I want to be with you. I was like, well, we could, we could fuck, but I'm not having a relationship. And she was like, okay, whatever. And then I ran into the other chick, and I said, listen, I apologize about what happened. I was apologizing for the threesome. It was crazy. And I was like, apologize for the threesome. Don't worry. I know you. this is not what you normally do. You don't have to worry. I won't tell anybody, right? And she was like, well, would you ever do it again? And I was like, absolutely. I didn't even <laughs> comprehend that that would happen. And she goes, no, I mean with just me. I go, yeah, but I also told my ex-girl that I was going to be sleeping with her and... You know, I don't know how you feel. She's, I don't care. And I was like, okay. I ran into the other chick. Same thing. Same thing happened. She goes, I don't care. So now I went to, and his was crazy. I went to college on a half scholarship fencing. 
Hold on. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dante. Fencing. <laughs> well, my pops worked for the parks department. There was a dude who was black dude who was supposed to go to the Olympics in Saber. He knew the guy. The guy busted his Achilles heel the year he was supposed to go to Olympics. Took a job with the parks department. My father knew him. I wanted to learn how to fence, and so I went to him and I learned how to fence. I was uh, I started fencing when I was about twelve. Dante's like Tom Jones's character, Mars Attacks. <laughs> hey, can you fly a plane? Why you got one? <laughs> Just Dante can do anything. It, this is insane. So I I started fencing, and then I ended up getting I competed and I got a, a scholarship, a half scholarship to SUNY New Pulse, and I won. I was in the uh, ran in the uh, Junior Olympics, and I got a bronze medal in the Junior Olympics for foil. So I used to have, I used to be at practice fencing, and the three girls would come. One would bring me an apple, one would bring me a sandwich, one would bring me a drink, and and all three were bringing pussy too. Don't forget that. <laughs> did they did they have to coordinate yeah. like days? Like this is <laughs> no, they would all juice day. They yeah, would they, all come they, together. Yeah. And then what was interesting is because what we talked about on my show is that uh, create a bidding war. That women always yes. like a guy who's found attractive by other other women. So they were more in competition. They might have really cared about me, but they were more in competition with each other. I moved off campus, and they, all three of them, moved in with me, and I was living with these three chicks in my house. They were in my house, and we all slept in the same bed off campus. Before we go any further right here, all right, so we still have not really tapped in (laughs) to the pivot, but I feel that all this is needed to— It's getting there. It's getting there. Let me ask you real quick. How's everyone with time? I'm fine. When do you guys have another one? So let's do it. We've never done this before. I'm going to pee, of course. I've done that plenty of okay. times. We're going to make this the first two-parter ever. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I think All we're right. going to. So what we're going to do right now, we'll do a quick round of plugs. We're going to end this episode. Next week, we're really getting into the pimping, everybody. Now, we're going to get into it in three minutes of our lives here, but the rest of you, we'll see you in a week. Um, real quick, Benji, throw some some, uh, some plugs. The best of BS on Twitter, Sandham New York Labs. Check all our podcasts. Promo code LUST for all our fans out there. Half off tickets to Stand Up New York. and uh, Plug Beige Phillip. Well, no, no, well, I'm going to get you right. next, baby. Don't right. worry. All right, cool. <laughs> Chris Laker. At Chris Laker on Twitter. And every Monday night at 10 o'clock here at Stamp New York Labs, I do my show the week. And uh, you can listen to that as what? well. It's a podcast and it's a live show. What about your website? Oh, everyone can suck my dick.com. <laughs> I, I knew Dante. Loved. Dante, please. Um, I'm a DanteNero.com. You can uh, follow me on uh, at the Beige Philip, also at Dante Nero on Twitter, um, and you can get the, my podcast all about how to manage Great. a bitch on www.beigephilip.com. Outstanding. Uh, at Mad Dog Matter on Twitter, Mad Dog Matter on Facebook. Um, mad love to everyone who helps put this together. Producer Minnesota John Fadigate, producer Super Trent Donnie, Gabe, all the girls in the office. Uh, yeah, they're nice people. Yeah, Mad love to my cousin Nick for the artwork. Timothy Styles for the music. Uh, man, keep supporting us. Come back next week. Part two. We've never done this before. It's fucking exciting. History in the making. <laughs> Until next time, remember, you're all worth a million in prizes. Booyah. See you next week.